This episode is sponsored by The Second City. Love comedy and filmmaking? Then the Harold Ramis Film School's year-long program at The Second City is for you. Visit RamisFilmSchool.com for more info. Summer's just starting, but it's already too hot in Boone County. The 2016 Boone County Volunteer Firefighters calendars are here, and they are smoking. 12 months of Boone County's most eligible and physically fit volunteer firefighters are here for you, ladies. Hang them in the kitchen. Heat up the laundry room. Put them in the bathroom. Have them watch you from the garage. From June 2016 to June 2017, you'll see all four members of the Boone County Volunteer Fire Department dressed up in as many as three different outfits. Do the math. These volunteer firefighters are hotter than hot, but don't take our word for it. Hello, my name is Bobby Ray Tipton, and I'm a member of the Boone County Volunteer Fire Department. We're trying to raise money to get us one of them fire poles, because it's like $2,000, but I thought it'd just be $1,000 because we don't have a two-story fire department. But it's just you got to buy the one pole, and then we're just going to put cut it in half. That's, n- that's not your problem. Since 1968, the Boone County Volunteer Fire Department has been finding them hot and leaving them wet. You better be ready for a five-alarm fire each month in your pants. Help us raise money by buying these erotic calendars. I am June, September, and June again. Owing to ongoing litigation, the Boone County Volunteer Fire Department is no longer allowed to go door-to-door. So come on down and buy a calendar. Habla Spanish? Oh, si. We also have the calendars in Spanish, and they are in fuego. Oh, si. Fire hoses, spraying water, and clinging shirts and other innuendos can be yours. Burly men soaked in canola oil. Artistic suit smudges. Delicately straddled fire hydrants. And when that alarm goes off, none of these men can find their shirts. But they sure have an extending ladder or two. Wink! I look forward to seeing you at all of our fundraising activities. As much as you'll look forward to seeing me, Bobby Ray Tipton, thank you for your support. The 2016 Boone County Volunteer Firefighters Calendar. Get them while you're hot. That canola oil gave me back knee. Hey, everybody. Hello. I'm David Flora. I'm Dave Stecko. Welcome to Blurry Photos. Oh, hey. Hey, we're not we're done playing games. Yeah. I'd like to welcome you to the forum known as Blurry Photos. <laughs> this is where all of us gets our taste <laughs> and and uh, uh, we don't take kindly to any stupid ass pseudoscience here, Savvy? Too right, mate. <laughs> You're all announcery, yeah. Dave Stecco. Sorry, I can't stop it. I'm in the zone. Are you guys in the zone? How are you doing this week? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. Well, I was Will. Right. Well, no, but if you, and I think we were going to, okay, okay, listener. All right. Okay. Well, you know what? Uh, uh, Flora's, Flora's on the phone. I've got to go. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> going to have to start charging you for therapy. Oh my God. So, <laughs> thank God we got off of that it's list. It's still on. It's still on. Oh, so, <laughs> uh, Theater. we've got a good show for you this week. Yeah, we everybody. do. Everybody. This idea has been burning a hole in our pockets for some time. <laughs> yeah, it's just had a, a, a little idea been smoldering. Uh, about it. Uh, actually, we we might have gotten a listener suggestion about this at some I'm point. I'm sure we did. At this point, everything we do has <laughs> has been a listener suggestion. Yeah, that's true. Uh, 
Um, so yeah, we've uh, we got a, we got a good one this week, yeah. and this is a classic. This is a great. I'm sure that uh, Leonard Nimoy covered this in in on search of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is like one of the great classic mysteries of the ages. He covered uh, Saint Germain. He did in it. Yeah, I watched that episode. It's pretty silly because every now and then they would have like a person from history just like run over to the camera and be like, "This is what I know of Saint Germain." And then it, it's kind of awkward and weird. With Leonard Nimoy kicking out the jams. Ha! He captured a magic. Nope. Moving on. Um, it's too early to go full musical. Dave, what are we talking about this week? We're talking about spontaneous human combustion. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you think your commute sucks now. Try it on fire. <laughs> Everything, every bad thing that happens to you, first Try thought it. this week should be, yeah, but what if that happened and now I'm on fire? <laughs> <laughs> That'll give you some perspective. Unless you're on fire. <laughs> oh, does is that a double double negative for the fire? Does, does it cancel? On, it? If you're on fire and you're like, yeah, but what if I was up? <laughs> Not this time, no. blurry photos. Not better now. <laughs> gotcha. Well, this yeah, I, th- this one is something that I've been wanting to find out more about anyway. Yeah, and uh, the information on it was. Pretty, pretty clear, clear, and yeah. uh, and easy to come by. I would say it was also pretty in pink. I tell you what, I, I'd I venture know. to guess that most of our listeners have heard tales of of people or what's left of them. Oh, crackling bits being found in their homes, uh, just a pile of ash amidst charred feet and hands. Oh, that's like uh, me at the Super Bowl Sunday chili cook off at my right. <laughs> party, party. The immediate area is scorched and stained, but everything else in the room is in pristine condition. <laughs> kind of like me after running. <laughs> I just keep doing that over and over. Yeah. What if? What if you did? What if you did? What you if you did? You piece of <laughs> It appears the person suddenly burst into flames and burned to ashes so quickly that extremities and surrounding environment were left unaffected. The only possible explanation is... Spontaneous human combustion. So I I feel confident that probably I don't know what ninety percent of people might know about this. I, I'm just throwing yeah. that out as a guess. Yeah, just I personal, think everyone's like, heard about it at one point or another. Now because the phrase "spontaneous human combustion" is is a little unwieldy. Um, for the rest of the episode, we'll probably just call it "spontucust." <laughs> just you know. I am Spotucast. <laughs> no, I am Spotucast. <laughs> now, uh, spontaneous human combustion uh, is the alleged process of a human body catching fire as a result of heat generated by internal chemical or nuclear action. It's a theory that has been around for hundreds of years. However, the veracity of it has been questioned for almost as long. So, question, Flora. Okay. Is it possible for a human body to suddenly ignite out of nowhere, possibly internally, and burn itself to ashes in hours or minutes? Well, I'll tell you what, Dave. Don't want to tip the fedora too early, but we'll be taking a look at stories of uh, spontaneous combustion throughout history. Spawn who cusses. I'm going to smack you. I'm going to start smacking you. The science behind spontaneous combustion uh, slash burning bodies. <laughs> you really want to say it, don't you? Burbod. You could also go with Burbod. And what truth there is behind the hot topic of spontaneous combustion. I got it. (laughs) 
Here's a fair warning. Some some details uh, we're going to relay in this episode. A bit grotesque. Yeah, it is about human bodies burning. Yeah. So, yep, it's going to get a little raw. It's going to get a little randy. So, yeah, if you're faint of heart, you might want to skip to you might want to skip the history and story section because that's all it is. Bodies burning you, suckers. Save it. Save it, Flora. Save that Nixon voice. So uh, what we're going to do, we're, we're going to jump into uh, stories throughout history. The history are the stories. That's stories how we, that's are how we the history. It. Then we go into, you know, some of the facts and science behind it. So let's just, uh, let's get going. Rum, rum. A very early and very unsubstantiated claim of spontaneous combustion comes from 15. <laughs> Stop giving me a look every time I say, I'm not going to say spa who comes, co- comes or whatever. <laughs> Co- cobs spahukam <laughs> what so hard <laughs> it comes from 15th century italy about a man named polonius vorsitius polonius was just a regular italian knight in the late 1400s <laughs> oh boy who liked wine women and song you and know burning. he did it's it, i mean to say italian yeah. in the 1400s redundant uh he consumed two ladles a very strong wine one night, and it disagreed with him. We've all been there, people. When you're out with your homies, you're getting ladling some ladling wine in those, your face. It's two for one ladle. It's ladles night. <laughs> <laughs> when it's ladles night, <laughs> and you're feeling right. Oh, oh what, what an Italian night. Good night. <laughs> Uh, people say that he immediately vomited flame and then burst into flames entirely. Whoa. No one else seemed to have any problem with the wine, and people were baffled as to how this happened. I bet it caused them to pause the orgy for just a second <laughs> yeah. and then keep going. I guess it's not like Roman times. I get True. It. The idea of spontaneous human combustion was first proposed in 1744. I mean that's it's debatable, really. Yeah, a lot of a lot of claims have been laid to the first of this, but I can't. Yeah, I can't believe people waited one thousand seven hundred and forty-four years after the birth of Christ to come up with the idea of a guy exploding into flames. I think probably someone, you know, had the idea. Yeah, uh, a Mister Paul Raleigh in an article published in the Philosophical Transactions book <laughs> at the time. The uh, detailed the discovery of the ashes of one Grace Pet, who was sixty, and also an alcoholic <laughs> residing in Ipswich, England, which were found on the floor by her daughter. The daughter found them; they weren't by the daughter. Like quote a log of wood consumed by a fire without apparent flame. End quote. Nearby clothing was undamaged. Hmm. In 1763, French author Jonas Dupont. Uh, published a collection of spontaneous human combustion cases. Spawn who come. It's uh, getting grosser every time I say it. Spawn who come cases. <laughs> Stop uh, saying <laughs> and, uh, and studies entitled De Incidis Corporis Humani Spontaneus. Noise, noise. DuPont found the records of a 1725 court case in which a Mr. Millet was acquitted of the murder of his wife, Nicole. She had supposedly been found burnt to death in an unburnt chair, and a young surgeon named Nicholas the Cat, or Chetnoir. Hi! He was also called Nicholas the Cat, because he was curious, <laughs> managed to convince the court that her death had been caused by spontaneous human combustion. Spanucom. 
so the guy uh the guy didn't get charged with murder because they were like well she burst into flames of her own accord yeah dude she was that's what she wanted to do <laughs> and he was like i'd rather be happy he was, she like, was like no we there's a ladle of wine <laughs> ladle's <laughs> night <laughs> In 1850, German chemist Justus von Liebig investigated spontaneous human combustion, dismissing the simplistic explanations based on ethanol due to alcoholism. Said Liebig, The opinion that a man can burn himself is not founded on a knowledge of the circumstances of the death, but on the reverse of knowledge, on the complete ignorance of all causes and conditions which preceded the accident and caused it. Yeah, so in other words, uh, the thought that somebody can ignite is ignoring the fact that there may be things in the environment that would cause that to happen. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, he's saying, what, why on earth are you, is the first idea you have that this just came <laughs> out of his chest when there are things around us that light us on fire all the time. Right, right, pretty, pretty smart. In 1852, Charles Dickens. Ever heard of him? Used spontaneous human combustion to kill off a character named Crook in his novel Bleak House. Mr. Crook was a heavy alcoholic, true to the popular belief at the time that spontaneous combustion was caused by excessive drinking. The novel caused a minor uproar. Uh, two, two out of three harumps. Yeah, I, I, I... I mean, I hope that one of the uproars was just in literary circles because I thought it was just a cheap out. <laughs> this is just a deus ex machina, yeah. you ask me. <laughs> Not since his Christmas story of goblins have I been so disappointed. <laughs> and my man's attitude on life doesn't change that quickly. <laughs> uh, George Henry Lewis, philosopher and critic, declared that spontaneous human combustible was, was impossible and derided Dickens' work as perpetuating an uneducated superstition. Oh, man, then he's going to fucking hate Christmas Carol. <laughs> <laughs> it was just going to get worse for him. Dickens responded to this statement in the preface of the second edition of his work, making it quite clear that George Henry Lewis was a <laughs> that, he had, that he had researched this, <laughs> the subject. <laughs> <laughs> of one thing I, I would like to make myself crystal and unequivocal to my many to my many fans and benefactors who over the years have made a career in writing possible a deepest thanks <laughs> to, to George, George Henry Lewis you sir are a, are a <laughs> the next page is just <laughs> lol 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 uh, he, making it quite clear that he had researched the subject and knew about 30 cases of spontaneous combustion. The details of Crook's death in Bleak House were directly modeled on the details of the death of the Countess Cornelia de Bandi Cezanate by this extraordinary means. Her body was reportedly reduced to a heap of ashes, although the limbs were untouched. Between the legs lay the head, or what remained of it, the brain, part of the cranium, and the entire chin were destroyed. Oh. When the ashes were touched, they, quote, left in the hand a greasy, loathsome, yellowish liquor with an unusual stink. Oh. 
In the room, two candles had been burned, or at least the tallow had been burned. The wicks were left completely unburned, apparently. Soot covered the room, including some bread on a plate that she had left on a table. If that wasn't uh, uh, gross enough, the bread was taken from the plate and offered to a dog. The dog refused it. I this there is there's a great sketch of like CSI 1700s <laughs> where they're like, hold on, nobody move. Has anyone tried feeding that bread to the dog yet? <laughs> Hast thou fed the bread to the yeah. dog? To yon dog? Hold, I shall feed it anon. <laughs> <laughs> the dog takes it not. Misthinks thou canst not train an old dog with new breadsticks. Verily! Loot, 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 loot. <laughs> <laughs> he was then burned for a witch by putting colored glass over his eyes. <laughs> And back to Dickens, the only other case that Dickens actually cites details from is the Nicole Millet account that inspired DuPont's book about 100 years earlier. Hmm. So he was like, dude, I, I know I know like 30 stories about uh, These are just two, combustion. but I have to go now. <laughs> I can only publish two. Also, you're a <laughs> uh, In 1870, the body... <laughs> Sounds like a joke setup. The body of a drunken French woman... <laughs> Uh, was discovered smoldering on her bedroom floor. There was considerable damage to the torso with, quote, a greasy black soot adhering to the vertebrae. <laughs> I'd imagine there's a greasy black soot adhering to a lot of things. In this oh, scenario. yeah, yeah. This type of um, damage to a body, just it leaves the worst behind. Right. You know, like, you, you don't want to see vertebrae. You no. don't want to see, like... Parts of cranium and feet. I know, and you know, and, and this is, Greece. and this will, this will come up later when, when we're kind of breaking down the science of it. But like, bodies don't burn well. We are not a thing meant to be burned cleanly. Yeah, we'll get back to that. We are not wickerman. Ah, the bee. <laughs> In 1908, a retired English school teacher was found dead. Her body burned, but the bed on which it was lying remained unscorched whoa in 1938 a 22 year old woman named phyllis newcomb was leaving a dance at the shire hall in chelmsford england north uh, of north of herringshire yeah exactly Chels near, chelmsford up, upon sussex n- near wesley wesleyton uh upton Creek. hyphen <laughs> by salt sea upon yorkinshire <laughs> Rambleberry. <laughs> Rambleberry. Um, I just love how it's like, this place near this place, upon north that of place. that place, upon this place. Overlooking Sussex. <laughs> uh, as she descended the staircase of the hall, her dress suddenly caught fire with no apparent cause. She ran back into the ballroom where she collapsed. Several people rushed to her aid, but she later died in the hospital. Although the theory was that Newcomb's dress had been ignited by a cigarette or a lit match thrown from the stairwell, no evidence of either was ever found. Coroner L.F. Beckles. Beckles. Cardinal Beckles. <laughs> uh, Vicar Beckles. Uh, commented on the, in- on the incident. From all my experience, I've never come across a case so very mysterious as this. Wow, Cardinal Beckles. <laughs> or, I guess, C- coroner. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's yeah, a small no, town. No, you know, there's small a Monty town. Python. It's a Cardinal Biggles. That's what it is. Oh. Also. I want to point out, we're not making light of people dying horribly by fire. Yeah. We're making fun of English towns 
and the name Beckles. <laughs> yeah, eventually, I'm sure at some point I'll make fun of someone that died horribly in a fire because I'm I'm an insensitive boob. Thus far, <laughs> so far so good. In 1951, in one of the more infamous cases of spontaneous combustion, the remains of a 67 year old widow named Mary Reeser was found at at her home in St. Petersburg, Florida. On the morning of July 2nd, her landlady discovered that Mary's front door was hot. Because she was eavesdropping. <laughs> she was, oh, she, she had signed for a um, telegram or something like that. Eh, anyway, uh, when she got into the apartment with the help of two nearby painters, they found Mary's remains in an easy chair with a black circle around her. Her head had been burned down to the size of a teacup. The only other parts of her that remained were part of her backbone and part of her left foot. Other than Mary's charred remains, a wooden beam above a partition was burning, a plastic light switch had melted, and soot had blackened the ceiling and walls above uh, about a meter from the floor. A forensic pathologist, Dr. Wilton Krogman, said of the incident, It's the most amazing thing I have ever seen. As I review it, the short hairs on my neck bristle with vague fear. Were I living in the Middle Ages, I'd mutter something about black magic. And then I'd ladle wine into my face. <laughs> in 1957, Anna Martin, who was 68, in West Philadelphia, born, born and, and raised, raised, was found incinerated, leaving only her shoes and a portion of her torso. Uh, the medical examiner estimated that temperatures must have reached 1,700 to 2,000 degrees yet newspapers two feet away were found intact. Mm, that's hot. Yeah. In the ash bin is where she'll spend most of her days. God. I told you, it was just a matter of time. Sorry. <laughs> I don't want anyone to burst into flames and die miserably. 1966, the ashes of Dr. J. Irving Bentley. <laughs> this is only happening to old people. Have you noticed this? Oh, we'll, we'll keep, keep, yeah. keep that tucked in that fortune cookie, monsieur. <laughs> Shut oh, up. you know that old phrase. <laughs> uh, Dr. J. Irving Bentley uh, was 92 from Countersport, Pennsylvania. Is that how you say that? It could be one of those that, that's like uh, Cooter Sprat. It's Willamette. Were discovered by a meter reader. Peter? The meter reader? Named Peter. Had a, had a bird, couldn't feed her. <laughs> um who noticed a light blue smoke of unusual odor. Dr. Bentley's body apparently ignited while he was in the bathroom and burned a two and a half by three foot hole through the flooring with only his skull and a portion of one leg remaining intact. Nearby paint was unscathed. In 1982, a mentally handicapped woman named Jean Lucille Jeannie Safin was sitting with her 82 year old father at their home in Edmonton in, uh, in northern London. It was Edmonton by London. Yeah, not, not Canada. According to her father, a flash of light caught his eye. When, she turned, when he turned to his daughter, he saw that her upper body was enveloped in flames. Mr. Saffin and his son-in-law, Donald Carroll, managed to put out the blaze, but unfortunately, Jeannie died of her third-degree burns about a week after entering the hospital. That is awful. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, according to Carroll, quote, the flames were coming from her mouth like a dragon, and they were making a roaring noise. Oh, there was no smoke or fire damage in the room. That's, that's rough. That is that is nightmare fuel. Yeah, everyone's just hanging out, and then one person just goes just, up in flames. Like in the like, that's like horror movie 
bad. Yeah. If there's flames coming out of your mouth. What? Um, the, I mean, the worst part is you, they, they had to suffer, you yeah. know, like, God, that, yeah, that's, it's tragic. It is. I mean, all these are tragic. Right. And that's, and that's the thing, you know, and I, I, we'll come around to this, but you know, I'm sure as, as we go through this, the more recent they are kind of the more credible they get to my, to my ear. But like you think, okay, a fair number of these are just people hiding the evidence, mm. you know, like, you know, but in those things, but like when you've got people in a room, no one's questioning that this poor girl caught on fire right you know like the really the, the crux of this episode is like oh how did it happen what's going on but but let's never forget that this poor girl caught on fire in yeah. front of her family yeah people, oh yeah people people died in here just yeah just a couple more examples just for the the more recent crowd more recent than 1982 which is 34 f-ing years ago Jesus. How did I know that off the top of my head? I wonder. Oh! In 2010, a 76-year-old Irishman, Michael Fairty, was found burned away to little more than a pile of ashes. Apart from the floor below him and the ceiling above, the room was not damaged. There were no signs of foul play or anything that could have caused the ignition. Mr. Fairty was lying on his back in the living room with his head near an empty fireplace, but firemen found no sign of accelerants, such as petrol or gasoline, to you American noobs. Jesus. Ooh, look who's so above it. <laughs> and there was no evidence of anyone having entered or left the scene. West Galway coroner Dr. Siren McLaughlin uh, ruled it spontaneous combustion and said it was the first time in 25 years of investigating death. That he'd recorded such a verdict. Now, what about in the year 2013? In the year 2013. Can you hit the high note? Yeah, I can. In the year 2013. Holy sh! Points to Flora. Called him out, and he was like, "Do right, bluff." Uh, in the year 2013, the remains of 65-year-old Danny Van Zant was discovered by Van Zant's brother in the victim's kitchen, and immediately called 911. Fire crews found a badly burned body, but no fire damage to nearby furniture or any other items. This, I think, happened in Oklahoma. Ooh, well. That, there's a timeline there for you, huh? Yeah. So, Flora, has anyone ever, like, started to burn and then lived to tell the tale? I'll tell you what. There's two cases that I've included here. <laughs> two. In the history of spontaneous combustion, I have included two cases. Spawn who come. In 1944, Peter Jones survived the, this experience and reported that there was no sensation of heat nor sighting of flames. He just saw smoke and stated that he felt no pain. That's just what that's that's what the scuttlebutt says. Uh, okay, that's, all right. That's the, the spawn spawn who comes scuttlebutt. <laughs> What's the next one? In 1974, traveling salesman Jack Angel awoke to discover he had severe burns on his right hand. Burns enough to amputate it. Shit. Not long after, he claimed the burns uh, were from the inside out and that he was a victim of spontaneous combustion. Spawn who comes. Stop it. <laughs> it's so gross. So there's there's two examples of, the, of it for you. Wow. I would say tra- a traveling salesman in the 70s, that guy's a smoker. I think you'll be surprised on that one. Uh-oh, shit. All right, All right, let's let's get some fucking science up in this bitch. Yeah, enough uh, enough stories of people's feet and hands and yeah. spines being left behind. Oh. 
you know, let's let's talk about some of the stuff. Uh, uh, there's some interesting commonalities that happen with these. Yeah, I'm right? sure you've already started to stitch these together in your tiny little Mariska Hargitay um, hearts. <laughs> some commonalities uh, among cases were were recorded back in the 1823 published book Medical Jurisprudence, and these included the victims are all chronic alcoholics. They are usually elderly females. Uh, the, while the body was not burned spontaneously, but some ignited substances come in contact with it. The hands and feet usually fall off. The fire has caused very little damage to combustible things in contact with the body. The combustion of the body has left a residue of greasy and fetid ashes. Very offensive in Odour. Quite offensive. Some other commonalities are um, some of the events of Spawn Who Come are witnessed, but not. but some are not. What, what, how is that? What does that mean? <laughs> that is, you gotta, you gotta love the fact that's like something happens and some things don't. Right. That was not, that, that sucked. I think it should have just ended at some are witnessed. Yeah. Uh, uh, a few are witnessed. It's not a commonality. It's <laughs> all reported cases have occurred indoors. The victims are always alone for a long period of time. Witnesses who were nearby also, they, they, they were downstairs they or were, in the next yeah, room or, yeah, exactly. Uh, report never hearing any sounds such as cries of pain or calls for assistance. You never hear that in a, yeah. in a story. Uh, sometimes the victim will exhibit a mysterious smoke from their body. Hmm. The aftermath of these has some commonalities. They usually include uh, such things as the body is normally more severely burned than one that has been caught in a normal fire. Mm. That's interesting. Uh, the burns are not distributed evenly over the body. And the extremities are usually untouched by the fire, whereas the torso is usually suffered the most burning damage. Mm. In some cases, the torso is completely destroyed, the bones being reduced completely to ash. The bones, it's in the bone. The the, the beans are in my eyes. Only small portions of the body, uh, for example, like an arm or a foot, sometimes parts of the head, remain unburned, Mm. which kind of goes to the previous thing. It's like the extremities. Yeah. Only subjects immediately associated with the body have been burned. The fire never spreads away from the body. Victims have burnt up in bed without the sheets catching fire. Clothing worn is often barely singed, and flammable materials only inches away remain untouched. Uh, And as he said before, there's that greasy soot that everyone keeps mentioning that gets uh, deposited on ceilings and walls, uh, usually stopping three or four feet above the floor, which I've got a good theory on that I'm sure is going to get covered in just a few seconds. Objects above this three to four foot line show signs of heat damage in the form of melted candles, cracked mirrors, that melted uh, uh, switch plate, right. the light. Now, a body can apparently be destroyed in one and a half hours with a fire of 1600 to 1800 degrees Fahrenheit, depending on how long the bodies are left to burn. Um, although this can be accomplished with a much lower temperature if given more time. Yeah, that's, uh, that's just a, a factoid to point out there. Yeah. I don't know how hot they have to be, but I know they have to be extraordinarily hot um, because uh, a body is just a thing not that doesn't burn well, especially right, right. to get, and I've heard this in a, a few different places before, the heart, hardest thing to burn. A, it's in the middle of your chest. It's a thick-ass muscle, dude. Yeah, it's just a, a knot of muscle filled with fluid in most cases. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a hard thing to get to, so um, if you want to... Uh, here's the, here's a great example. I, I mentioned, remember I, I mentioned months and months ago, I got that book that was like 101 skills you need if to you're- pay the bills. 
it's like 101 skills that like a, a, a Navy SEALs have or, you know, how to do 101 adventure. You may, I don't remember. You may, you probably mentioned it. Yeah. I don't remember. Um, I got it. And one of the things was how to dispose of a body. There's a whole section <laughs> on how different ways to dispose of a body. Oh, well, you can burn one. Yeah. And, but here's the thing. You put it in a 50-gallon drum. Mm-hmm. You have to fill it up, not with kerosene, not with gasoline, not with diesel. Jet, jet fuel. <laughs> jet fuel is the only thing that's going to get high enough to reduce the bones and teeth to ash. Easy. And teeth. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, you really got to get the temperature cranked the F up. Jet fuel can't melt teeth. It can. It can. It wow. Yeah. Listen to how morbid we're getting on God. this episode yeah, of no, well, Larry Photos. Yeah. So anyways, it's 1600 to 1800, that's, if you give a body enough time, of course, it's, it's going to burn down even the bones and stuff. In the, in the case of the Countess Bandy, the, I'm, I'm going to go back and start going through the history timeline, mm-hmm. kind of given a little, uh, what they maybe won't tell you because it, I don't know, it's not sexy. And what they, which also includes us up to this point right now. <laughs> yeah. What they don't want you to know. A lot of these bodies were found like halfway into a fireplace or across a hearth or with a lamp or a candle under them. Right. Which kind of makes me want to say goodnight, everybody. <laughs> right. Now that, that English school marm, Wilhelmina, uh, who was found on the bed, right. but the bed was untouched. Her sister confessed she had discovered Wilhelmina burned, but alive and had helped her walk to the bed where she died. She wasn't even on the bed when it happened. Yeah. I don't know what happened to cause her to be on fire when her sister found her. Or like, right. Help me to the bed, but those love. Are, but those are really important details that like the, the casual tellings of these stories leave out. Right. And that's what we did is like, we told the stories as they are told. And then as we did our research, there's like really important things that are left the f- out. Yeah. You know, it's like spontaneous gunshot wounds. You know, all of these guys were in a war. Yeah. That would have helped to know yeah and and one more quick one here in the case of mary reeser the the widow from florida uh many theories came out at the time such as she swallowed explosive material a ball of fire came through the window and hit her she was murdered by a fiend with a blowtorch ball lightning however mrs reeser had been sitting in an overstuffed chair while wearing flammable clothes and smoking a good old Chesterfield. Oh, sweet, rich flavor. She had apparently told her son, a physician, that she had taken two sleeping pills and intended to take two more before retiring. Fucking a right. And uh, I guess night. I guess uh, other clothes that that she had had been found with cigarette holes in them and stuff. So it's like, yeah, she's a late night smoker that she, takes sleeping pills. Yeah, right. Just just wait. That's that's yeah, a that's, that's a recipe, man. It's never going to work out. And that guy that 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 had his hand amputated, Jack Angel, yeah. confessed later that he went to check a malfunctioning water heater and it blew and scalded him, which they later confirmed. Dude. Yeah, straight up lying. So, I I hope you see uh which way the scales tipping already here, but, yeah. but let's entertain some some of these fun theories about what these people are going through all right alcoholism so the theory being that if a person spends enough time drinking alcohol that it will suffuse their body right yeah it'll soak up the sails with ethanol right which doesn't work that way uh <laughs> even keep in mind that being drunk is a 0.08 percent alcohol by blood volume yeah which i'm at right now right so that is eight hundredths of a, of a percent now 
you can get some real stinking ass drunks that can blow like, you know, like a two, you know, that's yeah. Yeah. You know, like you can get, you can get up into like, actually 0.08 is the legal limit right here in the States anyway. Yeah. So when, when you're pushing two, you're pushing alcohol poison. Oh yeah. That's okay. So 0.08, you're, you're legally drunk. Okay. Yes. For most people. 0.15% 0.15% unconscious. Oh, geez. You know, you are seriously trashed at point, uh, point 0.2%. Still not even a full percent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, Blood alcohol level. Yeah, yeah, blood alcohol level. So usually 035 to 0.4% is that's where you're getting lethal. Now, nothing that is 0.4% alcohol will burn. Okay. It's, it's not combustible. And so you'll we, die before that even. Yeah. yeah. And so you're, you'll, 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 there's, I, I can see that makes like a, a folk wisdomy kind of yeah. wives tale version of, of, of logic that if a person spends their whole life, well, eventually they just kind of, they're just super <laughs> boozy, but, um, yeah. alcohol has an extraordinarily low vamp- vapor pressure. So that's why you smell alcoholics, mm. their body through their pores is exuding alcohol. It's why people love the smell of baking bread. That's all alcohol. The yeast in bread produces alcohol. You put it in the oven, it vaporizes and everyone's like, Oh, that smells so good. I am right. <laughs> Everyone loves the smell of baking bread. Cause it's actually uh, vaporized alcohol. Wow. Um, and so you, you smell that more. So the idea that a person could be so drunk that they, that they're combustible is not, very accurate yeah it's all. not feasible now there yeah. are people who are dumb enough to drink flaming shots youtube is f-ing full of examples of that and yeah, they you, are you blow it out first you dip everyone thinks this that. is casey casey <laughs> reminding you reminding blow you. out your flaming mo's before you drink them little candace from oklahoma <laughs> says where are my eyebrows uh, <laughs> some people have said uh this could be kundalini or chakra energy or some some fucking new age bullshit that uh, is manifesting energy that that then uh, creates fire. Oh god! God, if I no, if it was, no, yeah, if it was possible for a human being to harness yoga their, fire, their anger or their chakra power to burn someone, I would have done it by In, now. India would rule the the planet. <laughs> oh, they came up with it, dude. I'm just saying, I would have burned people to death with my eyeballs a long time ago, <laughs> or my own eyeballs. How about divine intervention? Smiting? Hand of God stuff? Yeah. It's a sign of God of punishment. I don't feel like any of these people were really racking up the notoriety required for God's individual attention. Case by case basis. That's what God likes. Right. (laughs) How about this one? A maser, which is microwave amplification by stimulated emission of radiation. These things are crazy as F and they exist. Um, I have a picture of one that I took when was it the G seven summit that was in Chicago three, four years ago? No, longer, longer ago than that. Five, six years ago, we had some big summit. And so of course there's, there's lots of protesters and things like that. It was a G eight summit, I think. And there was going right by my office at the auction house. There was a huge protest going right down Lake street. Yeah. And so they had police all over the place, you know, keeping the peace. We're here. We're queer. We don't want any more bears. <laughs> but at the end of this thing was a uh, uh, an amazing uh, little piece of technology 
whose job it is to um, make you feel like you're on fire. Oh, I've heard of that. Um, and the people in this protest had no idea that this truck, it wasn't, it didn't have any markings on it. It didn't uh, say, you know, oh, police sure. or army or anything. It just, it looked like a big amped up food truck, but it, these things use a very specific kind of antenna uh, to focus energy. And it's a crowd dispersal technique. Yeah. Protesting freedom of speech. Don't say anything bad about this government. Yeah, and the whole purpose of it was to make sure that when you want people to disperse, it doesn't actually hurt people, although there were some tests where people got like mild blistering, but it makes you feel like your skin is on fire, and that is an effective deterrent. How about a buildup of static electricity or geomagnetic force? (laughs) That means that any of us can go up at any second. There's no known form of electrostatic discharge that could cause a human to burst into flames. Right. Sorry, next. How about an explosive combination of chemicals uh, that can form in the digestive system due to poor diet? No. No. Here's the deal. It's America. We'd be going off like Roman candles if that was the problem. Even a body that's like festering in the sun after eating hay that's that's been dead for a couple weeks, that's the only way you can get a body to go up for poor diet. Right. Anyway, there could be electrical fields that exist within the human body that might be capable of short-circuiting somehow. <laughs> that some sort of atomic chain reaction could generate tremendous eternal heat. Atomic yeah. chain reaction. Captain Firefists, using his atomic chain reaction, burns through the handcuffs. Right? Wrong. My hands! <laughs> uh, how about... Pyrotrons. Pyrotrons. A new subatomic particle which interacts with cells to create a mini explosion postulated by self-proclaimed expert on SpawnHuCom, Larry Arnold. Um, bad news. What's there that? There's no scientific evidence that proves the existence of pyrotrons. Ugh. Yeah. Yikes. Moving on. Ghosts. In his 1976 book, Fire from Heaven, British writer Michael Harrison suggests that Spahukam is the connected to poltergeist and activity because he argues, quote, the force which activates the poltergeist originates in and is supplied by a human being. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Prove that. I, a lot of these also sound like just ray guns. Right. Why, I mean, why, why aren't people saying an alien beamed down, yeah. shot somebody with a ray gun, disintegrated them in a, like a circle? Yeah, what's what's the uh, the Greek death ray? Bring the heat. Now, uh, some of the other commonalities that we found with these are elderly. Yeah, obese. A lot of them are. Yep. Little, uh, immobile to some degree or another. Immobile. The lady that had the the head burned down to like a shrunken head. Yeah. That that's false. That's just that that was made up. Right. Like. I don't think her head was there. I think it was just like a nubbin of, of muscle. Yeah, I think there was like a material of that amount, but it's not like, oh, sh- now she's like that guy from Beetlejuice. Right, exactly. So just throwing that out there. But um, elderly people, especially susceptible, and you mentioned this earlier, it's uh, the bone The bone density makes the bones easier to, to burn down, I Osteoporotic think. Osteoporotic bones. Yeah. yeah. Cigarettes are, are often involved with yep. this. Yeah, and lots like of said, people going to bed smoking. That's that's. There's nothing new about that. Yeah, just falling asleep while they've got a cigarette uh, uh, and dropping it, and you know it, it doesn't take. Especially with the types of clothes, either cotton or or even heaven forbid polyester or something. That, yeah, exactly. That can go up. And why don't you tell us about the old wick 
effect. Yeah. Now this is something that you kind of got all the bits you needed to know up till now. Um, the, the greasy soot that's left behind, um, that goes up about three feet with an extreme heat up beyond that. Um, let's start with just a candle, a regular candle. Everyone knows that if you put something in the flame of a candle, you're going to get soot on it because it is still in the act of combusting the, uh, wi- the, the, the wax that has been melted and drawn up through the wick. Mm-hmm. So that's what that deposited is. It is uncombusted fuel. And then above that, you don't get soot anymore because all that fuel has been combusted, but you get additional heat. So when you want to, uh, you know, for a Bunsen burner or any of those things, whenever you want to cook something on fire, you don't want it in the flames. Right. You want it just above the flames where the heat is highest. So this wick theory is simply saying that humans, we have enough fat, especially if you are old and obese and are, are largely immobile. Or me. <laughs> God, man, I would make a proud torch. You could carry me across Greece and, and start the Olympics. I would make it from Greece all the way to Rio de Janeiro. <laughs> you could alert Minas Tirith with me. <laughs> That's right. I, I, uh, I am the fires of God. <laughs> um. Use my belly to summon the riders of Rohan. <laughs> the flora has been lit. <laughs> um, a person in that scenario is something of a living candle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the wick theory goes that you start sort of a chain reaction. A small localized flame uh, <laughs> could then, what, what it would do is liquefy subcutaneous fat, yeah. which then would soak into the pajamas or whatever clothing is being worn. Or the overstuffed chair. Or the overstuffed chair. And that would start to burn. That heat would then release more fat. And it, it, here's a weird Funk fact. was flaming. <laughs> burn, Frederick, burn. Sofa inferno. <laughs> so the, I mean, even when people, this is a, a, a kind of morbid fact. When a person uh, gets hit by a car, uh, and this is something that crashing investigators know to look for. CSI. CSI maybe even. One thing that is an indicator of impact speed is fat splatters. Ugh. Because when you, uh, if you're in a car or someone who has, I mean, and this isn't just for like fat people, this is anybody in general, at a, a high enough rate of impact, the, the subcutaneous fat in a person liquefies and will spray out of, it'll squirt out of pores in the skin. And you Jeez. can actually see that and it, it helps. Uh, invest in new weight loss. Uh, yeah. Bad. There is a great book by a woman named Mary Roach called, uh, stiff, the curious life of human cadavers, um, talks about this a little bit. It's a great, all of Mary Roach's books are wonderful. So please, you know what? Audibletrial.com slash blurry photos. Mary, Mary Roach. she does one about ghosts in the afterlife that is exceptionally well researched and it's fascinating. You would love it Flora. I can't yeah. believe we haven't brought this up before. Uh, she does one about going to Mars, everything it would require to go to Mars. Like I said, everything that happens to human cadavers. I've read all of her books. There's one called, uh, oh shoot. It's the subtitle is adventures in the elementary canal. And it's just about eating and food and, and you wouldn't think it'd be exciting, but it is because she just goes so in depth on things. But, uh, anyway, look up Mary Roach. She writes wonderful books and she's a great author, but the moral of the story is it's very easy to liquefy subcutaneous fat. And a human being can become, in essence, a, a, an unwilling candle. There's tons of, of tallow, as it were, to burn in that scenario. Um, and so a person can absolutely become their own candle. Hmm. 
Gross. Yeah, right? But, again, like I said, people don't burn very well because there's also a huge amount of fluid. Um, and so that's why all of these 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 things are very localized. They burn themselves out. It doesn't spread. It's it's a bad way to, you know, it's, it's a bad candle. Yeah. And yeah. it doesn't burn for very long, but it can burn. The, the protein in the body also burns, but it provides less energy mm-hmm. than the fat. Uh, and then the water in the body is an impediment, like you said, to the combustion. However, slow combustion lasting hours gives the water time to evaporate. And in an enclosed area, such as a house, this moisture will recondense nearby, like on windows or something. And, um, you know, when the feet, ha- uh, they often have the least fat on the body, mm-hmm. hands too, I, I'd right. say, they don't typically burn. Yeah. Most people carry the vast majority of their their adipose tissue on their torso. Yeah. I know I sure do. Oh, thunk, howdy. Thunk. An alternative explanation is given by Brian J. Ford, who argues that bodies combust because of high concentration of acetone and legs often have too little fat for acetone to accumulate. He says there's one flammable constituent in the body that can greatly increase in concentration. Triacylglycerol lipids cleave to form fatty acid chains and glycerol. The fatty acids can be used as an alternative source of energy through beta oxidation, giving rise to the key metabolic molecule acetyl-CoA. This helps drive the energy-producing Krebs cycle within the mitochondria of the cells. Which is the powerhouse of the cell. If the body's cells are starved, which can occur during chronic illness and even during workout uh, at the gym, acetyl-CoA in the liver is converted into acetoacetate, which can decarboxylate into acetone. And acetone is highly flammable. Um, that's your chemist uh, report from whatever. A range of conditions can produce ketosis in, in which acetone is formed, including alcoholism, high-fat, low-carb diets, uh, diabetes, and even teething. Yeah, that, that. I mean, listen, if you're looking to the Krebs cycle to put fuel in your nitro-burning funny car, you're going to be waiting a long f-ing time, Chico. The um, like, the amount of acetone produced in this by this is so small i mean keep it on acetone that's paint remover people like it is a very powerful chemical and your body does not hang on to it yeah and it does not uh accumulate it it reminds me of when we were talking about i think it was um artificial sweeteners how the body would start to manufacture formaldehyde right. from the aspartame. And while, I forget whether or not we said it, I think it does accumulate, while but it's chemically, so small. Right, but while chemically true, your body also ships that shit out pronto. Yes, like, as yeah, it, a lot as, of it. Yeah, so it's... Unless you're pouring a huge amount down you. Like, it, we, we were talking about the person who was drinking, like, six liters of Diet Cola a day or something, but but here's the thing: if you, you do six liters of anything a day, it's going to be bad. Yeah, and and here's the thing: is that to to if you're drinking enough of a thing to produce a problematic amount of formaldehyde on the other end, or in this case, uh, if you are going into anaerobic oxidation um, for that long, and the, it, the Krebs cycle, it's got a two. Yeah, there's there's oxidative and and ana, and anoxidative uh, uh, respiration. Uh, and if you go into that enough that you're producing that much acid, you're already dead. You're yeah, already you're not breathing. Everything that came, uh, you're, you're breathing. It means that your body is so starved of oxygen at yeah. that point 
that you, before your body could produce enough acetone to be a problem, you died 10 hours ago. <laughs> you are way like the front end of the problem is what got you. Not this like long metabolic pathway at the end. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you were effed from go. <laughs> like, as you can see, I think it all boils down to spontaneous human combustion. No. Yep. That goes on in the environment and, and life choices. Yeah. Just their lifestyle, how you're living. If you're smoking and you're fat and you take sleeping pills and you fall asleep in the fireplace, you, yeah, you might like, you can brush uh, by candles. You can brush by, by the, uh, the coals can come off the fire. That one guy, clearly one guy got away with murder. The guy who, um, had the, uh, the, local, Oh, the wife. Yeah. Could be. Nip Norp. And a lot of these stories are just uh, blown out of proportion, mm-hmm. you know, because people want to hear about it. Com- spontaneous combustion is is sexy. Well, well, what's what's papers. a better story? Uh, my my aunt Tab- Tabitha like suddenly burst into flames and died, or yeah, she loved to smoke and take sleeping pills, and she took a face first digger into the fireplace, and it was a real pain in the ass to clean out, and it was actually really embarrassing and a terrible way right. to die. So why don't I tell this other, much more interesting story that makes her out to be a victim as opposed right. to... So, yeah. I, I'm pretty clearly in the spontaneous human combustion. No yep. camp on this one. Namaste? <laughs> Namaste. <laughs> no <maste. laughs> So there you go. That's spontaneous human combustion for you in a very greasy, foul-smelling nutshell. Ugh, hot full of, nuts. Full of ashes. Hot nuts. Full of... Spawn who Oh, gross. But if you brush away the ashes and clean up all the grease, uh-huh. what's at the bottom there, Dave? What does that oh. look like? Well, I believe there's evidence that someone might have ingested pies! <laughs> I've got a very weak selection this week, I'm I'm sorry right. to say. Hit me. Well, there's a there's a condition. Uh-huh. You may have heard of this, where two old people will be sitting in a room watching TV, uh-huh. probably Big Bang Theory or Two and a Half Men or mm-hmm. one of those hilarious television shows. They both throw their heads back to laugh, and then a family member finds them unconscious later. And it turns out they'd hit their heads Oh no! when they threw their heads back to laugh, and they suffered a simultaneous concussion. <laughs> oh, I got it. I got it. See what? <laughs> Can you get a guy on base with this? I think I'll we'll see what I can do. You know, there was an uh, there was an episode of uh, Seinfeld once that they did. They did a live episode, and it was like a big thing. NBC was a huge deal about it. They were you know pushing it and putting ads up for weeks. And about a third of the way through the episode, there was a huge failure on like the the Jerry's apartment set. Oh no! And the previous yeah, and the previous scene had been uh, Kramer and and Newman hanging out in his apartment and they didn't know what to do. So the camera just went back to the set that was working. Uh-huh. Kramer, uh, Michael Richards had already gone back to his dressing room. Oh, no. And so, uh, the, the actor who played Newman was still in there and just grabbed a couple of drumsticks and just started like playing out a beat on the table there. And that was the, uh, spontaneous Newman percussion incident. <laughs> Newman percussion. I got, I got on base. <laughs> <laughs> You got a best broken bat single throwing error. <laughs> broken bat single. <laughs> Some lucky fans going home with stitches. 
Well, I, I've got something that might be that might turn into a double play here. Okay. I got a food that it can affect you on a subatomic level. Great. It usually happens to the already obese and can also burn your fingers in your mouth. Oh, really? It's called Fryotrons. <laughs> oh, the, that's the hot Fry- pockets are full Fry- of those things. Fryotrons. God. You know, there's a theory that uh, everyone who is you know, whenever they suspect a spontaneous human combustion or spawn who come, <laughs> there's a theory as to why this has happened, that it's actually the result of a very professional hitman who has gone through and killed them and is trying to get rid of the evidence uh, because probably because they tried to steal his car, tried to send him a message by killing his dog. Uh, it's called the, uh, the John Wick effect. Oh, there you go. I like that. Yeah. That'll that'll get somebody home. <laughs> there you go. That's <laughs> we'll limp through the inning on that one. <laughs> Them's puns. Them's puns. And now it's time for you to set us ablaze <laughs> in our in our giant fatty candle sacks. <laughs> with, oh, God. <laughs> with Real quick shout out to MK Mediocre, <laughs> who was on a road trip with uh, their father and um, listening to light jazz and religious talk radio. So uh, Blurry Photos was going through the old headphones and it was the only thing that kept them sane. <laughs> nice. That usually goes the other way. I know, right? That's what they said. That's uh, But it's the first time someone said Blurry Photos kept them sane. Woo-hoo. Thank you, MK Mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. You know what? MK Mediocre, you got room to grow. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Prepare yourself because I have a bun from my friend, Don Luke. <laughs> it has been so long since we have heard from you, Don Luke. He writes, hello, dear friend. <laughs> hello, Don Luke. He's writing to me, his friend, Sergeant Garcia, of course. He writes, all the references to Alex Jones during the Goblins episode reminded me of his foolproof method of protecting one's family from these nasty creatures. Cobaldo Silver. Oh. <laughs> Felicidades, Don Luke. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah, we are good friends. Oh, Don That Don Luke. Oh. That darn Don Luke. <laughs> uh, another quick one from... April, listener April, who sends us a couple of uh, great suggestions, and Dave, what? quick joke. You're a quick joke. What do you call a ghost that scares chickens? What? A poultry geist. Oh, I should have smelled that one. <laughs> Thank you, April. Uh, got a couple of great show suggestions from D.W.O. Boyle. Thanks, D.Dubs. When you're in trouble, you call <laughs> D.W. Nice, deep cut. Yeah, right? That was yeah. a good one. That was yeah. a really good one. So thank you. These are awesome. Got one from our friend Ryan. Ryan writes, I'm a new listener from the Expanded Perspectives podcast. Boom. Boom. No, run, run, run. <laughs> no, that was like, those were like desk pops ce- into ce- the air. Celebratory. Celebratory. We got to come down somewhere, dude. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> like we just shotgun blast that. <laughs> I was excited. You ruined it. Oh. <laughs> I've been gleefully listening to episodes since February and I've been crawling through the backlog of episodes. Uh, in fact, I just caught up finishing episode 136 with uh, astrology. Oh, is that when this is from? Well, hey, we're, you know, we, everyone knows how it goes here. Uh, not an easy feat as I tend to listen to an ep- uh, episode two or three times. Whoa. 
Flat Earth being one of my favorites. Double Wolf, you are a true believer, sir, Yikes. and I salute you. Thought I would let you know that uh, Gutenberg's press wasn't the first made. It was uh, the first with a movable type. Before oh. that, the message would have to be carved in wood, and the press would use that. Sure. Uh, not the best or cheapest method. Yeah. Gutenberg chained this by inventing the first type, which were metal blocks with raised letters, numbers, and blank spacers. This allowed free movement of ideas and information. Equally important in both a religious and historical sense is it allowed the Bible to be printed in the common vernacular. This is the main reason the Protestant Reformation was a success. Hmm. I enjoy looking forward to more epic episodes of knowledge and truth. Well, we'll do our best. Sweet. Some of each, hopefully. <laughs> Sincerely listening, Ryan, the sole survivor of Vault 111. Yeah! <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. Nice. Good info, Ryan. Uh, Dave, I've heard from bourbon and tulips and horses and windmills. Oh, my. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of ground to cover. Frack you and your fracking obscure Simpsons and Phantom of the Opera references. <laughs> you know what, B- uh, BTHW? Frack you and your Battlestar Galactica references. <laughs> yeah! Yeah! Where's the quorum on that? Busted. She says, I screamed when Stecco, I think, quoted the opening lines of Phantom. It was you. You knew the monkey. Uh, the, the monkey auction bit. Oh, yeah. I work in an auction house. And you know what? No one at the auction house gets it. The amount of times that I will say, the figure of a monkey in Persian robes. (laughs) Nothing. They're all animals. Masquerade. All the people. (laughs) Also, she's originally from Kentucky. Hello. And now live in Holland. Holland. (laughs) Uh, Still hate puns. Sorry, she says. And do not understand what the hell Bullstone is, but we'll keep listening. Yeah. Well, Bullstone's just making fun of uh, uh, something that Dave said earlier, yeah. and it's just our our news, yeah. weird news show. It's our news of the world show. Weird, weird news. Thank you, BTHW. Thanks, BTHW. Tell me, tell me where in Kentucky you're from. Mm-hmm. Got one from the Wendigo. Ooh. Yeah. The, the Wendigo? The Wendigo. So oh, be we've cool. we've heard from Wendigo before. Wendigo writes... Penalty box for Stecco F. Oh. Just uh, some FYI, Andorran languages are Catalan, Spanish, French, and Portuguese, which are all romance, all charm. I totally agree. She thinks I was mixing up with Andorra with the Basque territories uh, and even gives me a little extra link here to uh, ethnologue some countries and languages. I'm going to double check this one. If I'm wrong, so be it. God knows I've done my time and I'll do it again. But I believe there is a very distinct Andorran language that is not at all romance in uh, in its ideology. So I'm going to double check that one. Is that the Catalonia thing? Uh, ref- what you're talking about? Well, I think that the Basque territories I thought spoke Catalan, but you know, I'm going to do some more research. And no. if I am wrong, as God is my witness, I shall I shall do my time in the hard minds of the the, the penalty box. Thank you, Wendigo. Heard from hey, it's that bloke again. Oh, it's that bloke, is it? Bloody stoked to hear you read my last message. You did well with your Aussie accents for a pair of yanks. Woo! Nah, yeah. <laughs> nah, yeah. Anyway, I thought, I, uh, thought I'd try my hand at this pun caper, so here it goes. People traveling through the outback sometimes report hearing strange noises at night. They say they hear a knocking or a thumping followed by a painful howl or shout. No one knows for sure the source of these noises, but some believe it may be the mythical owie. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That's that's a that's a local cut because uh, Australian Sasquatches or Bigfoots are called Yowies. Yeah, yeah. Good that one. was a good one. Hope you like that one. If you didn't, you can get stuff for all I care. 
T right. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nah. nah. <laughs> yeah, nah. Uh, okay. All right. Thank you. Hey, it's that bloke again. Uh, I got a great link from uh, listener Roxanne that is, oh man, I want to save this for a bullstone, but I have to double check it because it's dated April 1st is when this article came out. Oh, and I so see. I have to make sure that it's not an April Fool's joke because it might be because this is too f***ing awesome otherwise. So thank you, Roxanne. Uh, here's the, here's your teaser, everybody, for this month's uh, Bullstone. Lightning bolt. Lightning bolt. Yeah. yeah the, <laughs> the headline of this article is Wizards, Warriors, and the Quest for LARP Insurance. Wow. Oh, God, I hope this is real. So thanks, Roxanne. Yes. You, you know what? One way or the other, this will be addressed during in Bullstone this month. Oh, yeah. One more here, Dave, from uh, listener Eric. Hit me, Eric. Who says, found us... Through expanded perspectives. <laughs> Those are celebrations. Realized I had to keep listening when I found out Stecco was a Colorado native Woo! and a CSU alum. Go Rams! Says graduated 99, go Rammies. Oh, see, then we were like, right? We were there at the same time, bumping elbows, rubbing shoulders, hanging out at the Lori Student Center, maybe having fun at the Morgan Library. Keep, <laughs> I'm just, just sitting back. And then uh, he links the old um, cur- the the old article about if you if you make a lot of puns you you might have a mental condition. Oh, he says the next time we're on a roll with the puns and the studio seems to be filled with the odor of burnt toast, you might want to get a cat scan. Yeah, don't need to stroke your egos anymore. But he does love the puns. Thank you, Eric, and yes, thank welcome you. Welcome aboard. Go Rams. I think that'll do it for listener mail and that will do it for this episode thank you everyone uh you know the usual routine i think we already touched on uh what you can do with the swell folks over at uh, audibletrial.com slash blurry photos mm-hmm. uh don't forget to give us some likes on facebook we kind of hit we kind of hit a little slow patch on that i'd love to, to light a fire into that also uh five star reviews on itunes we love those those help us a lot they get us uh you know it's kind of like one of those uh winners gonna win kind of scenarios so the more <sighs> The more good reviews we get, the more uh, we get on the what's hot. You know, the more the bigger profile we get from sure. iTunes, so that helps a ton. Um, also, don't forget that we were on Twitter, blurry underscore photos. Uh, we are also uh, what else are we asking for? Well, we we'd love for you to go to our store and check oh, out the new koozies that yes. we got. Those koozies are the. Sh- uh, buy a got t-shirt. A buy, a, buy a koozie. We can we can record a digital message for you. Yep, we got that. Uh, or if you want some of those things, go to our Patreon. Yep. Uh, at some levels, we got some T-shirts in there. We've we've got uh, a whole bunch of you can get sound effects, ringtones, uh, best of music, best of intros, a whole extra episode a month. Yeah, whole uh, extra episode. Uh, everyone who donated last month, they're getting a freaking uh, chrononaut. Uh, yeah, they're getting a chrononauts episode. What? A it's whole a con- new adventure for right. the boys. <laughs> oh, it's a good one too. Yeah. Still still working on it, but <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> Brinkman parts and Les, Les Masterson are yep. at it again and again <laughs> and, and again. again. <laughs> uh, if the regular monthly thing isn't your jam, but you're just like, hey, I'd love to give you guys a quick high five. Um, why don't you casually withdraw your gauntlet and throw down a cr- slap 
gingerly the donate button That's and right. demand satisfaction <laughs> for your tarnished, tarnished honor. I doubt you'll 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 have to duel for it. It gives in pretty easily. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Check out the ladies' candy chat at candychat.org. dot org. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they're do also love candy. on iTunes and stuff and Facebook, and they're they're great. And uh, thanks as always to the Chicago Podcast Co op. Oh, um, glorious! You can find all kinds of uh, cool other podcasts on there, like uh, Cinema Jaw. Yep, that's that's a great podcast. A few guys from Chicago that talk about movies. They get great guests. A friend of ours was on there. Yeah, Katie uh, Colton, yeah. right? Yeah, we should get Katie on our show. <laughs> Who do we even talk about with her? Bullstone. She'd be hilarious. She's very she funny. Hilarious, but she's our good friend, so she'd love to. She's do it. good friend. She's on the show Teachers on TV Land, and yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, um, and also the Chicago Podcast Cooperative have been apparently putting posters up around the city. They've uh, yeah. listener Lucia pointed that out to us that we're uh, on a poster somewhere. So yeah, yeah, it's got cool. a list of all the podcasts that are on there. So that's fun. Good on them. But um, yeah, that's. I think gonna do it. Oh, uh, Miss Cryptid is uh, hot and popping. Oh my god, we have gotten we've gotten more votes in the first week. I feel like uh, what was what was the numbers you're telling me? I feel like I was gonna overstate that. So we we've gotten as many votes the first week as we did the highest of last year, the highest Woo! week. So we are on. Fuego. Thank you guys. As um, per the, as per the annual agreement, Florida does not tell me any of the voting information so that I can make my guess. Yeah. Always fun. That'll be coming out later this week, uh, the uh, week two of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, vote and, and get yourself entered for a prize pack. And uh, I think uh, that's all we going, got yeah. going on. So for this episode of Blurry Photos, I've been the greasy, sooty remains of David Flora. And I've been Dave Fire Belcher Stecco. Poof. <laughs> the roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. We don't need no water, make that motherfucker fight.